Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. don't have the six stops today. Well, we may do. Hi, everyone. Oh, he's just come in at the bottom. What about that for impeccable timing? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, sir. How are you? What a brilliant timing that was. He must have thought, well, they'll piddle about for 15 minutes, so I'll come in. Um, I've got um, uh, We've all just started the show. I've got Darth helping me out with the show, but um, how are you for time on your... Uh, mobile, I assume. Do you want to have the floor straight off and do your bit, or, or what? I just thought I'd call in and just let you know how things were going. Nothing nothing too grand. Um, I may have an interview lined up a little later with uh, Toby Haddock. Uh, Haddock, sorry. Um, so hopefully that will go well. Uh, at the moment, um, I was just in the middle of the uh, a panel. Um, I'm trying to look at what that... Oh, restoring the classics. No, big finish looking forward, sorry, <laughs> with um, uh, Rob Shearman and uh, Simon Gurrier and, um, oh, God, names escape me. <laughs> He's going to hate me for it later. Um, but I just wanted to call and say it's, it's, it's actually been not too bad of an experience. I mean, uh, at, like with most conventions, the guests make the con, and um, they've all been lovely. I had a nice chat with... Um, with uh, Rob Shearman uh, earlier uh, this weekend, uh, Tara and I managed to catch up with him, and uh, we couldn't we couldn't get him to stop talking. Frankly, uh, very nice man. Um, we also uh, managed to catch up with. Um, <laughs> we also yeah. managed to catch up with uh, Colin Spall, um, and uh, apparently David um, he's going to be at Who at the Fab Cafe, and you have been ordered to come and say hello to him. <laughs> yeah, for those people who just uh, not, don't know, well, obviously, I, I think you know who the person is, but Ian thinks he and I look alike. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's more hair yeah, it's going to be a twin dilemma. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but also, he was lovely. We, we, he was just wandering around the corridors, and, uh, and uh, we thought we'd uh, get his autograph, Tara wanted his autograph, so we... I managed to have a chat with him, and uh, very, very nice man. Um, and he likes my coat, so what, what, what more can be said for that? Um, I've been quite lucky. Uh, um, a lot of them, I mean, they're all very, very approachable and very nice. And uh, yeah, it's been a good time. Uh, I got to catch up with Tagus Tara, and of course, DM Walling is here as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've got. I just wanted to 
pull in and say hi to everybody. And um, sometime during the week, Dave and I will get together and we will have uh, a bit of a con report. And we'll probably get uh, Diane to come in on that as well. And uh, you'll hear some of the interview footage and uh, and hear me chat about it. Excellent. I've just put a link in the um, in the uh, pro client here uh, of uh, Diane's TwitPic page because there's oh, there's a, a few pictures of you there. Uh, one Ignore with the K9, wig. of course. Uh, and, the wig. Not good. <laughs> and is that Liam fighting a Dalek as well? Yes, it is. Yes, my son is here and he's having a great time. He was all grinned when he got to meet K9. But uh, yeah, I'll have some more pictures when I get home. I don't have ready access to a computer, so. Uh, Unless I'm pulling into my cell phone, uh, there's no, uh, I don't have a computer that has Wi-Fi, so uh, unable to broadcast directly on a laptop, so I'm going to call in myself. Excellent, we're very pleased to hear you, and it's great that, and uh, it just shows that this show gets to these things, um, as I say, we've just about to talk a little bit about uh, one convention that will be here in the UK, as you just mentioned uh, um, the Who at the Fab Cafe. So um, yep. I, I'll leave you at the bottom there. Um, is that all you want to actually I- include at the moment? Yep. If I, if, uh, if something comes up, I will. I'll call back in for the end of the show. Uh, as I said, I've, I've, I'm hoping that uh, uh, as soon as the autographs are done, that I might have a chance to talk to uh, uh, Toby Haddock. Um And so the line is pretty much thinned out because I mean, mainly it was Gareth, David Lloyd that were all queuing up for Easy Samantha. I don't know if she's in the room, but easy to yep. <laughs> I'm. Lo- oh, um, do you want to unmute her for a second? Yeah, I will certainly do that. Okay. Romana? Hello. Hello. Um, I am standing about five feet away from Gareth right now. Um, he is signing pictures and he has a beer on the table. He's wearing a gray T-shirt. He's unshaven. Um, are you drooling yet? Oh, no. <laughs> Yes, if it, if it weren't such a long line, because the line is actually going around the room, um, now I'm about three feet away from him. Uh, <laughs> if the line wasn't so long, I would wait in line so that uh, so that uh, you could say hello to him. But uh, unfortunately, he is very busy and the line is very long, and the show will probably be long done at that time. But just so you know, I'm. Almost close enough to smell him. Oh. <laughs> Only you could be so bold. Only I could be so bold, yes. <laughs> but maybe I will wait in line. Who knows? We shall see. But anyway, I'll let you guys get on with the show. Have a great time. And, uh, of course, we'll be back next Sunday. Excellent, Ian. That's great. So uh, have uh, enjoy the rest of the show and have a safe journey back home, you and the family and Diane. Okay. See you guys. Bye. Well, the lad's got timing and taste, hasn't he? Um, hi, everyone. This is the uh, Colton Collective on Torture ID 54821. You just heard there Ian, my co-host, or I'm his co-host, calling in direct from uh, Hurricane Who uh, in Orlando, Florida, where he's there with one of our other um, members, uh, Diane Walling, and um, they are going to give some reports and as you heard Ian say uh, we'll try and do a little studio show report a little bit like he did with me when I went to the UK Hooverville so uh, that is something that we will get as a an extra studio episode out 
hopefully before next Sunday. Um, I, I'll introduce people in the room, but just as a reminder for those people who um, uh, uh, just skipped the last few shows that we've had, um, this is a, a wrap-up show to what has become a five-week marathon uh, on a simple list of Doctor Who adventures, as listed in uh, issue 413 of the Doctor Who magazine. And um, we did the top 10, that took two weeks. We did the bottom 10. And now the idea is to give people in the room uh, a chance to shout out and stand up for a show that they didn't feel uh, got the, the true representation, our ranking, our rating that they thought, and any uh, other references to that. And then towards the end of that, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the... Um, ins and outs of the actual voting system itself and uh, uh, some of the comments that are in the magazine. Because, as you heard there, Ian is not with me, I've uh, asked uh, Darth Skeptical to be my co-host. So, first of all, let me welcome Darth into the room. Hi, Darth. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? Hi, and thank you very much for uh, stepping in and helping me out this week. Um, we've got... Um, I think what we'll do is we'll go straight to welcome people in the room and then we'll go to the news. So, Romana's already unmuted, so hello, Romana. And I bet she's going to mute herself. I'll let her come back in a moment. Uh, we've got T. Jury, Tim. Yeah, hello, Dave. Oh, and I think Romana's just unmuted herself. Hi, Romana. Hello, boys. I forgot I still muted it. <laughs> uh, we've got Howley T in the room. Hi, Howley. Hello. Uh, we've got Tiggs Panther. Evening. All right, we've got Mr. Benjamin Elliot. Good evening. I don't know why you always get the mystery. I don't know why you always get the mystery. It sounds so formal, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, Charlie seventy nine. Hello. Smashing Anne. Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. Get smart on TV land. Section 3.6, the portable cone of silence. What? And under that cone of silence, we've got Danny G. Hi, Minister. We've got Logan from uh, Logan's podcast, who uh, I was on uh, this weekend, and he's got another show, I think, later tonight. The one I went on was the, um, the Stargate Universe. Howley, I'm just going to mute you, if you don't mind, a second. Yeah, it's fine. Uh... uh Oh, the ticking's still coming. Just That's try. from Charlie, the ticking. Yeah, sorry. Okay, um, and as I say, I was on um, Logan's run, Stargate Universe. I'm just looking up very quickly his um, his show number, which is 49899. So um, that's something, if he comes on with audio, we'll let him mention but um, also under the cone of silence, we have uh, a couple of guests uh, without names. So welcome into the room. Okay, um, we're going to go uh, to the news. 
Okay, Tim, can I start with you, if you, if that's okay? Ooh, what do we want to start with, Dave? Well, uh, first of all, I suppose the the event news, and then perhaps um, that little bit of one we have a clip for. Oh, well, this time next week, hopefully, if trains are being cooperative, I'll have been to and come back from Who at the Fab Cafe 2, which uh, me and Dave are going to. It's at the same venue as last time, the Fab Cafe Portland Street in Manchester. And they have a very good guest list, Sylvester McCoy, Terry Malloy, Mary Tam, who's just got her autobiography out, Aniki Wills, Colin Spall, uh, Richard Franklin, Terence Dix, Andrew Cartmill, and the whole thing's hosted by Charlie Ross. And then I think they've got a, an after-show uh, event with some comedy again. Uh, yeah, it says, uh, live music by the Red Pills, who sound like they may be some kind of sci-fi band. Oh, and there's actually a running order up on the website yeah. now. Yeah, I put the link up in the show, and it actually so, kicks off with uh, Richard and Annika, then Mary Tam. Uh, Mind you, this is if it runs to order. I mean, it was a great event last time, but mm, it didn't exactly the, run flawlessly. It, it's the Doctor versus Davros in their regular quiz this time. <laughs> Terry Malloy yeah. and Sylvester McCoy, what a combination. Yeah. And uh, Terence Dix, Andrew McCarmel after lunch. Sylvester McCoy. Now, uh, have we had um, one person that wasn't going to... Is, is Sylvester an exchange? It was going to be somebody else, wasn't it? Did they have a cancellation? I oh, can't it remember. The, it was the sixth... Do uh, the Doctor's Daughter that... Um, oh, yes. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, had to withdraw from it. We were looking forward to... Um, having her there uh, and a name just escaped uh, Georgia Moffat Georgia Moffat yeah. you. thank you Danny uh, oh and India Fisher Council that's a pity isn't it yeah that's a shame been listening to her um, last story today right okay um, and um, is the the other news you want to play the clip or do you want to mention what it is uh, well we had one other bit of news that happened in the oh. came up in the week that the Siffy in the States planned to do an American version of being human. Ah. And we, we, uh, that's caused all sorts of ructions of people saying, why? <laughs> but I'll put the link in the, the chat for people. And then uh, yesterday evening at 6pm, we had a special preview screening on uh, Disney XD of the first episode of the new K9 series that's been made out in Australia. And, uh, well, here's a clip. Help him. No, 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 
Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, any any thoughts actually on it, Tim? Without actually being I, spoilerish. I was surprised how good it was. One of my friends on Facebook said, "Oh, it'll be only good enough for five-year-olds." And um, well, it 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 it's it's good. It's it futuristic is about the only word I'll use to give anything away. But right. um. One of my friends said that um, there were some dodgy English accents in it, but it wasn't the main cast. It was some of the sub-characters in it who were a little bit cool, blimey, Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah. It seems... I don't know why they just didn't set it in Australia. It seems a bit of a stretch, really, but uh, never mind. Mm. Okay. Um, if that's all, I'll move to Benjamin Elliott next, then, please. Okay, um, on Friday, the BBC announced the air date for the Waters of Mars in the UK. And no matter which Saturday date you guessed, you were wrong. It will be Sunday, November 15th at 7 p.m. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time, BBC One and BBC HD for its world premiere. Uh, we don't know the time for the confidential yet. And Space Channel in Canada has been promising, is promising they will have an air date for the special very soon. And BBC America in the U.S. has gone ahead and given our air date. You may remember that BBC America said they were going to try to get stuff much closer to the U.K. air dates. And technically, this is closer. December 19th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 34 days later in the U.K. So they're just relying on people to wait a month and not take part in things. So it's closer. Yeah, uh, you know, little things called satellites and stuff. But I am hoping, personally, I'd really like it if Space and ABC Australia and Prime in New Zealand could say um, go a bit faster and air the special before then. You know, first get more people to see it and kind of make a point to BBC America that uh, you know we should be trying to do away with these gaps. So maybe they'll get it right next year, but. 34 days is progress. Uh, so that's the that's the big stuff. Uh, I'm going to have to get going, unfortunately. So um, I'll see you guys next week. Okay. Uh, thanks very much for for the news item. And, uh, yeah, hope to catch you next week. Thanks very much, okay. Benjamin. Okay. Um, um, right. Uh, Darth, can I call to you next? Yeah, it's a little bit of news, really. Um, this is, in the UK, the debut weekend for the film An Education, uh, which stars the fabulous Carrie Mulligan, who you'll remember from Woo-hoo, Blink. Yeah. Um, and it's been out in the U- U.S. for, uh, what, three weeks now, I guess? Well, three, three to... Two to three, depending on where you are in the country. Um, it is not in wide release in the U.S., however, but it does mean that it will hit U.S. DVD market relatively soon, probably by Christmas. Good news is this is a really well-reviewed film. It's got about a 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and if you are in the U.K., where presumably it's in wider release, I would encourage you to see it because it is fabulous. So... 
a little linkage there to the 2007 series of Doctor Who. Right. Uh, can I just add a couple of things to that? First of all, yeah, Carrie uh, Mulligan or whatever, she's, she has particularly come in for a lot of praise, although a review I've read in my Sunday paper, without being spoilerish at all, is the fact that um, they thought they really could have gone a little bit darker into it because the, the storyline uh, is about a, a sort of coming of age for a young 16-year-old girl who, right. who meets uh, a sophisticated chat with uh, glamorous friends and um, it, it's not exactly um, you know uh, the Profumo affair with uh, uh, Christine Keeler or anything like that but the idea is she's swept up in all this and uh, apparently the book it's based on was quite a bit seedier than that you know the, the, the apparently the uh, the girl's parents uh, were was sort of taken by this young man who obviously perhaps showered them with presents and this, that and the other as he's uh, caught in their daughter. Uh, it's set in about 1961, but this is a sort of fairly repressed family she comes from. So it's more like the 50s. And um, they say in the actual book that, you know, uh, in her autobiography, that, that her parents almost threw her into bed with this chap, you know, because they were so pleased that she was growing up in the world. Um, but it actually deals with the social mores and things like that. Um, but she apparently gets um, very, very good um, reviews uh, from the early screenings of it. So, uh, uh, and if you uh, have a way of watching um, the Jonathan Ross show, uh, the one that was on this last Friday, uh, one of her guests, uh, uh, one of the co-stars from that was on, and they actually do show a little clip of the film um, with Kerry Mulligan acting in a nightclub so it's there and apparently he, he he was a great praise for her because she actually has to take this character from a very naive 16 year old girl to a girl who's perhaps a little more world uh, well known uh, what's the word you know you know what i'm looking for um and so uh, she gets a lot of praise for it so yeah i i certainly will be looking out for that is is that uh, your news darth that's it Okay, well, um, a couple of things from me, um, and one of them mainly relates to something that Tim said when he mentioned Charlie Ross as the, being the compare at the Fab Cafe. On his Facebook page, he's just uh, been able to say, can't say too much, but he's uh, again uh, done a guest spot on two or three big finishes. He has been on Big Finish before, but he's uh, on either one, two, or three, three. Uh, of the new big finishes that will be coming out uh, later in the year, and uh, also in relation to the um, the waters of Mars, the fifteenth that Benjamin said, the very day before that fourteenth <coughs> will be when the Doctor Who uh, Gallifrey Embassy will be having their uh, Podshock Second Life meetup. That's the one that remember that uh, Victor First Mornington helped organised. Um, and it was a great success. It's one of these where it's a whole day thing, but there's usually a special one or two hours where uh, they set aside to have a you know a DJ and dancing and what have you. And um, I suppose I should have asked uh, Tim. Can I ask you to come back in? You, you don't know anything more about this Second Life meetup, do you? Uh, nothing more than what you've said. No. But you uh, usually there's a little bit more info, and people like 
Tim are, are more of our experts on Second Life. Uh, Lewis Trapani goes in as two Hartman. I go in as uh, Dave A.C. Footman. Uh, Ian, Six Doctor, goes in as Kirsty Pixel. Uh, can you mind if it was your, of your name, uh, Tim, on Second Tim Life? Tim East Q. Right. And I should have asked... Um, I should have asked uh, Benjamin what his was. And if anybody else in the room has a Second Life name, if they want to put it in the text, if I don't catch it, hopefully Darth will as well. And um, the third thing, again, as um, Benjamin also mentioned, um, Dr. Podshot Live will be going out on the 22nd, where they will be doing their review of Waters and Mars. And we will do what we have done before in another show, and that is we'll be doing like an overflow show, I should think. So again, our times will vary. Uh, on the 15th, it will vary because we may run later to give people a chance to watch the Waters of Mars who can do. And the 22nd, we will run probably later because of uh, coming in after uh, Dr. Podshot Live. So please check out the times next week. Um, we should be, um, well, the next two, well, certainly next week is going to be doing The Devil's Greatest. The, the idea of that is um, a follow-on from Halloween that we've just had. People can talk about, um, you know, things like The Devil's Advocate, Wicker Man, um, the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, one which I can't remember at the moment. Um, uh, it'll come to me. And... Um, the week after that, just to uh, settle it up, we put the title Sci-Fi Sermons. Basically, where Christian iconography and so on comes into shows. And, of course, uh, Russell T. Davis has used that an awful lot in things like uh, Voyage of the Damned and other Doctor Who series. So that actually comes into science fiction a lot. So... We've now been going 25 minutes. Uh, we're slightly delayed. We've got the sixth doctor back at the bottom. Let me unmute him. Uh, that's timing again because we're just about to go into the main subject. Well, I am um, about five people away from getting Gareth David Lloyd to sign my program, and um, so I can't self I can't mute myself. Um, but if you just want to show me down the bottom for a minute, then uh, um, maybe we can have a word with Gareth. Maybe not. I don't know. I'll ask him. Right. Well, I think the easiest thing is to leave you muted unless... Uh, yeah. I guess, uh, but great. Uh, just jump in when you want. Okay. okay. I think Romano will allow you to cut across her with uh, uh, a little story item like that. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, as I said, uh, because... Uh, Ian's at that event and maybe interrupting us live uh, with Darth's help. Uh, I'm just going to mention that um, the top ten, as judged in the, um, oh, did I put the list back up on the page? I think I did, didn't I? Um, let me get it up on my screen. Here we are. The top ten, as chosen, and I'm doing them in the correct order this time. One. Uh, down to 10, were Caves of Androzani, Blink, Genesis of the Daleks, Talons of Wai Chiang, The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances, uh, Human Nature Stroke, Family of Blood, 7, Pyramids of Mars, 8, City of Death, 9, Robots of Death, uh, and 10, Parting of the Wolf Stroke, sorry, Bad Wolf, Parting of the Waves, and um, 
Oh, sorry, Howley T. Let me just... Un um, do you want to just say anything before you go? Howley? Is there anything you want to say before you have to dash? Um, sorry, I'm not making great deal of sense of that. Okay, I'll, th I'll have to mute you. Okay, right here. Okay, um, Ian? And I wonder if I could ask you a quick favor. There's a young lady on the other end of this phone on our live show, all the way in Australia. And I was wondering if you could say hello to her. Her name is Samantha. Yeah, hang on a second here, guys. Here's Gareth. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> hello? 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 Hi, is that Samantha? Hello? Yeah. Hi. Hi. It's Gareth. Hello. Hi, how are you? Your friend Ian just said I should meet you on the phone. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm, I'm at a convention in uh, Orlando. Have I'm at a convention in Orlando. you well? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Fantastic. Are you going to be at Galley 21? Because I think Samantha's going to be at that one. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> which one is that? Um, I'm, I, I haven't been asked yet, but uh, ho hopefully they will ask me, so there's, there's a good chance that I might be there. Well, look out for a very excited, giggly girl called Samantha. <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Gareth. Thanks, Thanks for talking to us. You're live on no the problem. Collective. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wow. I think we've just wow. made her day. All right, that was Gareth in the morning. Excellent. Well done, Ian. Give a round of applause for Ian, folks. Our well first done. live guest. <laughs> you don't give much credit to that, Gareth. Is she still alive? <laughs> She's gone very yeah. quiet. Just here. Just here. Look, still here, barely. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll, I'll sign off again, and I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Okay. Bye. Right, I think we'd better have a bit of a reaction from the girls before we talk about our subject. Reaction to that? <laughs> As I said in the chat, forgive me why I melt. <laughs> right, uh, and uh, if there's just one person in the whole wide world who doesn't know why the girls are so excited, and maybe some of the boys in the room, that that was Gareth David Lloyd, who uh, plays Yanto, or played Yanto in the uh, Torchwood series, uh, and had a very important role, of course, in the, uh, the special that they did, uh, and uh, upset a few fans when, uh, without spoiling the story, although I'm sure you all know uh, his character had a bit of a misfortune and I'll say no more than that but the girls, what do you think? Happy? Very speechless <laughs> I don't I think know what to ask him yeah, uh, I can see you doing a, a Wilf happy dance you know, Wilf mock happy dance <laughs> I'm shaking <laughs> Oh my goodness. Right, you better be very nice to Ian for the next few weeks now. I kind I of did the app for that. 
because when I when I met him a couple of years ago at a con, a friend of mine couldn't make it, and I went up to him and I said, um, "Could you just say hello to to her in my digital camera, and I'll put it on YouTube for her?" And he said hello to her, and and the, the thing's got thousands of hits now on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody has just got hit here. Okay, anybody else want to make a comment about that? that was... Forgive me why I melt, I'll just calm down for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me see if, let me unblock Charlie a second. Oh. Charlie, are you a fan? Oh, sweet. Uh, uh, Charlie's muted, by the way, because we've got a slight clicking sound coming from him. So I hope you'll excuse me that. But I just wanted to know if yeah, you wanted to that. comment. No, if you wanted to comment on that, are you a big fan of Torchwood? I like Torchwood. I, 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 that was that was nice hearing uh, Gareth come in and uh, do a, do a, do a, a cameo on this episode. That's really all I'm gonna try to say. Excellent. Okay, I'm gonna mute you back then again, if I may. Uh, Okay, well, uh, business as usual. Let the girls cool down, get the ice bucket out, and um, just let me <laughs> throw some cold water over them by just reading the, the bottom ten, of course, were um, uh, 191, The Dominators, uh, 192, Fear Her, 193, Paradise Towers, 4, The Underwater, uh, 94, The Underwater Menace, 195, The Space Pirates, 196, Time Flight, 197, Underworld, uh, 198 time the Rani, 199 time Lash, and uh, holding up everybody else at the bottom was number 200, the Twin Dilemma. So if you're catching this show as a first time, please listen back to the last four shows uh, where we covered those other ones. And um, I think I shall play a clip while everybody uh, cools in the room. And this is actually a, a clip courtesy of Samantha because um, I'm going to start off right from the the uh, the go and say I would have liked Utopia uh, to be at the top and after this clip and I've talked about it for a little while I'll then go to Darth who's helping me co-host but here's the clip it's a minute and a half do you want to die? Oh, this one's a little stuck Jack I thought I did I don't know but this lot you see them out here surviving. And that's fantastic. You might be out there somewhere. I'd go meet myself. Well, the only man you're ever going to be happy with. <laughs> this new regeneration. Kind of cheeky. <laughs> regeneration. Regeneration. I never understand how things he's saying. What's wrong? Um, Professor, what is it for? Time travel. They say there was time travel back in the old days. I never believed. But what would I know? Stupid old man. Never could keep time. Always late, always lost. Even this thing never worked. Mother. This watch is me. I'm going to become human. Time and time and time again. Always running out on me. Okay, uh, thank you for that. Um, yes, uh, 
uh, with Blink, uh, probably Blink is, um, I mean, watched it a few more times. This and Blink, for me, are the really cream uh, uh, of Doctor Who. And I will add in that list. Uh, one or two others I'll mention later, but uh, things like Midnight and Turn Left. And this is, of course, mainly of the new series. Uh, I think it would take some while for me to list the ones from the uh, classic series, but it would have included things like um, um, Inferno, Carnival of Monsters, the, uh, the War Games, uh, or I can't think of them all. But uh, let me just play one little clip from uh, that, because uh, I love Utopia. Very short. The Professor was an invention. So perfect a disguise that I forgot who I am. And who are you? I am the Master. Yeah, um, I love it. For, and thank you very much, uh, Romana, for providing that uh, the first of those two clips because the, the, the whole story is not so much a brilliant story. I just absolutely love Derek Jacobi's uh, visual acting as um, the, the, the Doctor and Captain Jack are resolving their issues and then these words like time war and Dalek and this, that and the other are flowing through the air corridors and he's reacting to it so, so marvellously. So, um, really, really great. Um, I did say go to Darth next, but I did hear, did you want to come in on that, Romana? I thought I heard you commenting. Yeah, this is one of my favourites. Um, I, when I did my list for my own show, you know, I'm number one. I count Utopia, Sound of Drums, and Last of the Time was as one story, and this is actually my number one, because all of these stuff I've enjoyed the most, definitely loved this master. I loved some resolution on the, on the doctor relationship and also Johnson as the master so definitely, yeah, they're on my list. It's actually number one. So yeah, with that said, I'll pass it over. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Darth? I think that Ramana is bringing up an interesting point there that I want to ask you about, Dave, and that is, you know, in her mind, and indeed in the mind of the pole maker here, it's not just utopia, it's utopia through Last of the Time Lords. And so I would ask you, are you saying that for you, the, the entire story is, is something that you would have liked to have seen in the list? Or are you specifically saying just Utopia? I'm almost saying, even less than that, I'm almost saying that one scene. Um, that's what elevates it. No, I mean, it, I, I didn't like, I did not like blooming uh, in the birdie cage like Tweet, you know, Sylvester and Tweety Pie. I didn't like that at all. I didn't like the Doctor being shoved around in a wheelchair. Um, about the only part I liked about that was the Master's wife, who I thought in that red dress uh, made the uh, episode entirely watchable. But um, really, no, I think it went down. And I didn't like the idea of a reset. I thought that was a complete cop-out. Now, um, although I, I take the point that the three, that the story of Utopia leads into the other two, I think Utopia beats the other two's hand down. And that's, um, you know, as I say, it's not even a flawless episode because I don't even like these future kind or whatever they're called. Um, and also, of course, it was the episode that had the young... Uh, boy actor that won the Blue Peter contest and, and it was nice to see that but basically um, uh, Jack had some funny lines you know he's chatting everybody up 
But really, it was that one revelation. And of course, I would have liked Derek Jacobi to stay the master a little bit longer. I had uh, a little bit of difficulty, although I love John Sim as an actor. Um, uh, of course, we should have realised all this uh, sounding of drums was supposed to emphasise that he was basically as mad as a hatter. But um, I don't see that. I mean, my master is Roger Delgado, who is um, uh, absolutely cool and ruthless, extremely Let intelligent. Let me put it to you this way. Um, the master has always been a dark, a dark mirror of the doctor. So you look yeah. at John Perchard, they're very similar. You look at David Tennant's doctor, he's very wacky, he's, he's all over the place, he's hyper, he's energetic. So naturally, Yes, and and it is a fair point, um, and and also of course it's not the same master. He has regenerated, so of course he's going to have different things. But um, yeah, yeah, absolutely a fair point. But yeah, no doubt, I I don't. I, if you, if I had to group them as a three, I wouldn't rate them in anything like the top twenty-five. Right, but unfortunately, that's what this list actually asks you to do. You you can't in this list actually separate out Utopia or even a portion of Utopia. What's being rated here is the entire story, not just the first part. By by Doctor Who magazine. Yeah, sorry, I realised that. Yeah. Sorry, I was just having a little cough then. Uh oh. Hope it's nothing serious. Yeah, I well, have to mute my mic so I don't spoil the recording. Indeed. So in in that moment, why don't we uh, move ahead to Tim Drury and ask him if there are any stories that he would have put into his uh, top ten that don't appear in the Doctor Who magazine list. Oh, definitely. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Legopolis isn't in there. I like oh, really? Tony Galashen, and I'm quite keen on Legopolis. And they're working their way towards it on... Um, on the Flashing Blade podcast in the next mm-hmm. few episodes. Right. What particularly do you like about Legopolis? I don't know. I just think it's my favourite generation story. It's got this wonderful atmosphere of foreboding mm-hmm. about it, and it has it builds up to the Doctor's inevitable well death. Really. Right. <laughs> right. Has the block computation as well, doesn't it? I mean, the idea yes, that the universe is held together with maths. It. it got the, all that stuff with the Doctor and Dadrick and uh, I've got to measure a TARDIS and it, it, it's got all that um, where the Master lands his TARDIS inside the Doctor's TARDIS and so you get all this recursive stuff where they walk inside a TARDIS and they're inside a TARDIS inside a TARDIS and the, the Director turns all the lights down and the, and the Doctor turns to Adric and says, oh this is odd and they go inside the next one, and the lights go down even more. And and then they go into the next. And it just gets a little bit. I remember that being quite creepy at the time. Right. It, it does. It does have its faults, like uh, when the Doctor threatens to land the TARDIS at the bottom of the Thames and open the doors and flush the Master out, and he stood by the doors, and you're going, mm, "That's never going to work, is it?" But being the doctor, he does, of course, land a few feet out and ends up on a nearby boat. Right. Any others that you'd put in your list, then? Um, ooh. Might have to come back to me on that. Okay. Okay. 
While we do that, uh, we see in text that High Minister says the first four episodes of Invasion of Time is great. The final two are awful. Tiggs, do you have any stories that you'd uh, prefer to be in the top ten over what is actually there? Um, yes, actually. Hold on, just let me bring up the correct tab again. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple... To be honest, the um, the first four that are outside of the top ten are ones that I personally would have put inside. Um, I thought The Girl in the Fireplace was fantastic. It was a fantastic piece of drama that just so happened to involve a hell of a lot of time travel, which I thought was cool. Um, Turn Left was really, really good because... If nothing else, it proved me wrong, because before The Runaway Bride, I thought, oh God, not Catherine Tate. How's she going to carry anything? I was proved wrong on The Runaway Bride. I was proved wrong throughout Series 4, but that episode nailed it home. She carried that episode really, really well. She she sold it. Um, the Stolen Earth and Journey's End were just a great roller coaster ride, and Remembrance of the Daleks... I can't help it. I've got a soft spot for a lot of the Sylvester McCoy stories and Dalek stories, so I love that one as well. So, personally, I would have put those four in. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple of clips here. Um, since we don't want to break up too much, uh, would you like, uh, for you especially, Tiggs, would you like a Stolen Earth clip or a Turn Left clip? Ooh, turn Left, I think. Right. I might have to stop it because it's a little bit long. You turned right. Put on my back. Make the choice again, Donna Noble, and change your mind. Turn right. The evidence is say he managed to stop the creature. Some sort of red spider. The doctor is dead. Must have happened too fast for him to regenerate. What? What do they want? He's dead. And there were these creatures. Rhinos talk less. Rhinos? Rhinos could be aliens. There were hundreds of them. We were running out of air. A colleague of mine gave me the last oxygen tank. Martha. And my Martha Jones. And she, she died. There was this woman who took control. Sarah Jane, her name was. Sarah Jane Smith. A replica of the Titanic is falling out of the sky. It's got dead. All of them. Oh, God rest their souls. Those be out there selling papers. Nice like a family number 29. They got booted out. Don't get all chippy with me, Vera Duckworth. Pop your clogs on and go up pig whipping. Come on, you're not going to make the world any better by shouting at it. I can try. Well, America, don't save us. They're going to send Great Britain 50 billion quid. God bless America. 16 million people have dissolved into fat. Okay, I'll stop it there because it's uh, quite a bit longer than that. So, um... Tiggs, any, uh, does that trigger any thoughts yeah, about I mean, Wilf? Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, yeah, Wilf was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, and again, you know, you'd, you'd think of Bernard Cribbins as being slightly more of a humorous actor, and even the part itself was slightly humorous. But he still played it with such seriousness, you know, when it when it needed it. And you know, again, he completely sold that part. You know, there were a couple of characters that could so easily have fallen flat, but the way that the two of them played them, you know, they felt the three of them really felt like family and I thought that that story worked really, really well because it, it held up this slightly distorted mirror not just to the previous series, but of all of the series, plus Sarah Jane and Torchwood, and just showing that, you know, take the Doctor out of the equation another way things could have done and the story worked really, really well 
and I also liked the fact that they sort of had a, a Doctor Light and a Companion Light episode next to each other, because again, those counterpointed each other really, really well. Okay, excellent. Uh, go on, Darth, if, if you want to leave well, a bit. I see that we have um, in, in chat a little discussion going on, and both uh, Randall Thor and High Minister are agreeing with you, Dave, that they would have preferred to have seen Derek Jacobi continue on in the role of the Master for a bit more, and frankly, so, probably so, so would he. He <laughs> said so. Oh, really? <laughs> At Did time he really? and again. Uh, well, uh, when he got the part, he did like a lot of actors, didn't know a huge amount about Doctor Who, and he got talking to an actor friend of his who turned out to be a really big Doctor Who fan, and he says, uh, they've cast me as this character called The Master, and that this friend of his virtually fell off his chair, and then went on to explain how you've got to take it very seriously, because pe lots of people will be watching that really care, and... Um, yeah, I, I I think he did did also say that he 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 kind of would have wanted to play a, a bit more the, the the master side of it rather than just the Professor Yana side of it. It's uh, it, it we, we we literally only get him for like about a few seconds, don't we? And then he decides As to regenerate. Master, yeah, yeah and true. it's such a shame because um, he could have been in it for the rest of that story and then not regenerate till the next one. Perhaps so. Yeah. We also have uh, Randall Thor saying that he's put Ghost Light in his top ten, but High Minister comes back uh, saying that Ghost Light had a very good feel to it, but on closer examination, it makes no sense. Yeah. There we go. Uh, that's, I think uh, we can unless your name's Tin Dog. Right. <laughs> he right. seems to love it. But I, I, like think that that's a, I think that's a general fan split, though. I think that some people really do love Ghost Light, and a lot of people really just think it makes no sense. Who knows? Mm. Uh, R Romana, what you got on your list? Apart from uh, hey, you, Joel, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was number one. Um, for me, I, I had trouble trying to think of um, classic series episodes I loved a month or to be able I think City of Death made it just. But um, for me, um, which is already on this list, so that doesn't really count, um, I've got um, I've got the fireplace. I've got Midnight. Um, Midnight's actually number two um, of the ones that haven't been mentioned. Um, yeah, because I absolutely love Midnight, definitely. Um, such a Ooh, thing. Well, can I just pause you there a moment and play a Yeah. I'll play a little clip of Midnight and then it might just get everybody's thoughts on it. That's the headphones for Channel 136. Driver Joe at the wheel. There's been a diamond fall at the Winter Witch Canyon, so we'll be taking a flight detour as you'll see on the map. Uh, I do apologise, ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereupon. We seem to have had a failure of the entertainment system. Oh. What do we do? We've got four hours of this. Four hours of just sitting here. I'll tell you what, we'll have to talk to each other instead. No, I'm with this friend of mine, Donna. She stayed behind in the ledger palace. You? No, it's just me. Oh, I've done plenty of that. Travelling on my own. The history is fascinating because there is no history. There's no life in this entire system. There couldn't be. We're just experiencing a short delay. Perfectly routine, so if you could just stay in your seat. What's the problem, driver Joe? We're stabilising the engine feet. Won't take long. Um, no, because that's the engine feet. That line there, and it's fine. No fault. Who are you? 
Claude, I'm a mechanic. We could stay breathing for ten years. What was that? It must be the metal. We're cooling down. What I want to know is how long do we have to sit here? Is there something out there? Well, I want her out. You can't say that. I'm sorry, but you said it yourself, Doctor. She is growing in strength. That's not what I said. I want to go home. We say any minute now, the rescue truck is on its way. And what happens then, Doctor? If it takes that thing back to the leisure palace, if that thing reaches civilization, what if it spreads? No, because when we get back to the base, I'll be there to contain it. We haven't done much so far. He's just standing at the back with the rest of us. She's dangerous. It's my job to see that this vessel is safe and we should get rid of her. Now, hang on. I think perhaps we're all going a little bit too far. At last. Thank you. Two people are dead. Don't make it a third. Jethro, what do you say? Killing anyone. Thank you. He's just a boy. What? So I don't get a vote? There isn't a vote. It's not happening, ever. Try to throw her out that door. You'll have to get past me first. I said it was her. Crusader 50 rescue vehicle coming alongside in three minutes. Door seal set to automatic. Yeah, um... Just there, the, of course, uh, Patrick Troughton's son was in that, and the young actor who plays yeah. Merlin as well. Colin Morgan. So that, it sounds, it almost, if you're just listening to it, it's almost like a multi doctor story listening to it. David, so much like his dad sometimes, it's, it's scary. But yeah, I really, really like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hello? Uh, yep, we're hearing it. Did you want to name any more before? I think Figs might want to come in on that one as well, but uh, do you want to name any others? Yeah, sure. Um, oh, any others that weren't in the list? Um, I have five of Pompeii on my list. I think that's probably the only one that wasn't the main list. Yeah, because I really like that one. It was close and Doomsday as well. And everything else already on there. And as far as classic series goes, um, other than Sneaky the Death, I've also got the Mine Rubber, I think. Yeah, right. the Mine Rubber. Yeah, that's on here. Um, that's one of my favourite Patrick Troughton stories that I've seen so far. Um, yeah, and I think you like that one too, Dave? Yes. That's the one that's isn't, the, isn't, the isn't that the Mine Rubber having a new release soon? Or is it, am I getting mixed up again? I don't know. Unless it's in the, um, so. the 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 unspecified box they're doing next year, because they're re-releasing several stories in a box, ones that had less extras on last time. Yeah, I'm sure I think I've really, read something about it. They've not said what's in that box yet. Right, uh, Darth, uh, I think Tiggs wanted to come in next, didn't he? Tiggs, because you said you've got a list as well, did you? Um, no. I'm no, I was just saying that, you know, to be honest, the, the 11 through 14 are ones that I really think should have been higher, but I've not really had a chance to kind of formulate a proper list. But as I said I did find it interesting that the ones that just missed going in are ones that, you know, I did really, really enjoy. And ideally, I think they should have been a bit higher. But again, some, sometimes it's hard to know because if those went in, something else would have had to go. And <laughs> Yeah. And as High Minister's put in, he hated Colin with a passion when I was a kid, and now I really quite like him. I don't know whether that you mean that because you've matured or whether you've listened to uh, some of his big finishes as well. Perhaps you could put that in the text for us. 
Uh, Darth, who do you think we should go to next? Where are we? I can I, unmute Charlie if you want. Yeah, should we? Please, Charlie's next, yeah. But we should also point out, too, while you're unmuting him, uh, that High Minister also agrees there with Romana in putting Mind Robber in his top ten. He says it's at number four on his list. Okay. So, Charlie, what would you put on your list that's not on um, the That's list? not on the, on the top ten right now. Um, I'm going to say uh, two episodes, two stories from the new series, and two from the old. So... Hmm. Um, Two from the new, well, one, a Girl in the Fireplace, you know, everybody says that yeah. one. Um, the other one, I would say, would be School Reunion, hmm. because um, it's, you know, it's the first sort of episode we have when we, we get, you know, we get the, uh, it's still something that's never done in before, really that much, or uh, de- uh, dealt with in uh, Dark Two, having an, an old companion, me and a new companion, and then see how they, um, or a current companion, and see how they, uh, you know, how they interact with each other. It's that, you know, they've ever had, you know, like what Mickey said, you know, the, the missus and the ex, that, that's it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and it was, you know, it's very interesting, you know, it's very interesting seeing uh, Sarah come back and K-9 come back. Um, I got a little... And what about yeah, Anthony, Anthony Head? Did you feel as though he made a good villain? Oh, yeah, very good. Uh, very nice to see him again. And um, I got a little... Uh, uh, for a second, when the canine uh, bit the dust, it was very, you know, kind of, I don't want to say misty-eyed or cry, or but it was very, you know, oh, you know, <laughs> canine's dead. And I was like, you know, you know, and, uh, a character from my childhood is just blown up. We are in a and, car. We are in a car. Yeah, that was, that was great. <laughs> um, for um, for um, classic series, I got uh, two uh, stories, one being The Green Death, and the other being Inferno. Oh, yeah. So they're just, you know, like, stories I, I, I like. Um, Green Death, I, I, I had a nightmare once of being bit in the, in the, in the leg or in the foot by a giant maggot. So that uh, had some uh, impact on, on, uh, on me. And just, you know, Inferno, I like the whole uh, parallel worlds and the whole uh, drilling in the earth for... Um, for new resources and such that you know, we get the brigadier with an eye patch. You know, what's, yeah. what's not the love? Yeah, I mean, again, uh, sometimes uh, as as um, Ian was defending last week, you know, with uh, um, some of the monsters in some of the early ones, was it Time Lash or whatever? Uh, where it's the a lot of people are put off, although in actual fact the story itself may not be uh, as bad. as 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 it might seem, that came in at one ninety nine, by the way. And High Minister has said uh, it's not the big finish. It's uh, having rewatched the Colin Baker episode that he now really likes him. So, um, have we got anybody else with microphones who hasn't had the say? Or do you want to mention some of yours, Darth? I'll go into mine. I'll, I'll stop there with High Minister yet again in text, and he says Green Death is his number one story. Wow, right. which is interesting. Very good yeah. indeed. Um, my That's own the one time. Where, sorry, is that the one where it ends with him giving the Metabilis crystal to Joe? She's just going. Right. She's going to marry the young doctor, isn't she? Precisely. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. A very poignant goodbye kind of scene there. Yeah. Hmm. And in Planet of the Spiders is when it gets posted back to him. Right. And okay. it's in the wedding of Sarah Jane where she figures out maybe that's where she should send the wedding invitation. Right. Interesting. 
Yeah, my my own top ten is so radically different from this Doctor Who poll because I, I really do firmly stick to the thing I said four weeks ago, and that is that um, there is no classic episode of Doctor Who that is better than the worst episode of current Doctor Who. So my top ten is accordingly all new time or 2005 series episodes. Um, and some of mine, I know, Dave, are going to be controversial with you, especially my number 10 pick, which is Unicorn and the Wasp, which I, I know is a story that you didn't favor particularly. But I, I love that story because I, I loved how it um, did something that is quintessentially Doctor Who and yet also very new. And that is this idea that Doctor Who of the past, especially the 70s, was something that would take a story – um, that was familiar already in literature and then turn it on its head and put it in a Doctor Who setting. So you have here, you know, essentially Clue or Cluedo done as a Doctor Who story. And I, I just loved how that was done. I loved all the little titles of um, uh, Agatha Christie novels that are within the dialogue. I love the performance of Agatha Christie. I think it's just, it's just a, a marvelous piece of work in terms of marrying two different um, strains of fiction together into one thing that is in many cases incredibly funny. Um, and then moving on for that, the Utopia trilogy, and then Boomtown, which I know a lot of fans just hate Boomtown, but I love it because it puts paid to that old John Nathan Turner, Peter Davison quote that you can't have three people in the TARDIS. Well, I think Boomtown very effectively has three companions and uses them all very well. They all have a relationship to each other, uh, and all those relationships get at least touched on by a line or two. And it gels as you know a team of people facing an enemy, and then the enemy turns out to have a very compelling story as well and a one-on-one -on -one with a doctor that's, I think, unrivaled within the series. Um, so a great episode for me. And, of course, you know, without Boomtown, you don't get Torchwood. You know, you know, it, it's such a key story to to the mythos Oblivion. of modern Who. Sorry, Romana, go ahead. Ooh, we're losing yeah, you there. The part of, so, I'm saying that the list comes from. You're back under the duvet, I'm afraid. I'm afraid we didn't get much of that. Um, so I'll move on and say, anyway, you know, after. I'll Thank you. Yeah, type in text and we'll read it out in a bit. Um, after Boomtown, I probably put the Journey's End duology. And I, I think it's a little bit disingenuous of Doctor Who fans that are um, maybe of middle age kind of who, who didn't rate this one highly. Because, I mean, after all, it is the number one rated Doctor Who story ever. Um, and, you know, that week in between Stolen Earth and Journey's End is the highest week of publicity for Doctor Who in the history of the program. It captured the nation. And I'll never forget that. I mean, that was my – it's still the, the proudest moment that I have uh, as being a Doctor Who fan because it's the ultimate realization of the dream that Russell T. Davies had when he relaunched the series in that he got the entire nation totally obsessed about Doctor Who for one week solid. And I just think it's it's silly and disingenuous for um, Doctor Who fans not to rate that as a very special moment in the history of Doctor Who. Right, Doc. Um, I've got uh, hmm. clips of both Stolen Earth and oh, Jimmy's yeah. End, but they're both a little bit long. 
would you like? To, should I play the Journey's M one? Sure, go ahead. Uh, it's it's over, just over three minutes, folks. And it, if you haven't seen Journey's End, uh, it's obviously full of spoilers like these other clips. Use the regeneration energy to heal myself. You're still you. But that means we can't get out. Nope. Not without unlocking that Dalek. If you're carrying a gun, they'll shoot you dead. You are connected to the TARDIS. Now feel it die. It's you. Oh, yes. You're naked. Fire is coming. The testing begins. Testing of what? The reality bomb. Planets and stars will become dust. And the dust will become atoms. And the atoms will become nothing. This is my ultimate victory, Doctor. The destruction of reality itself. Is that a warp star? Going to tell me what a warp star is? It's an explosion, Mickey. There's a chain of 25 nuclear warheads. If I use the key, they detonate. She's good. Who's that? My name's Rose. Oh, my God. He found you. Jack Harkness calling all Daleks. She's still alive. I've got a warp star wired into the mainframe. I break the shell, the entire crucible goes up. You can't. Why did you get a warp star? For me. That face, after all these years, the man who keeps running, never looking back because he dare not, out of shame. This is my final victory, Doctor. I have shown you yourself. The time has come. Detonate the reality bomb! neutrino relay loops using an internalized synchronous back seat reversal loop. Explain! Donna, you can't even change a plug. Do you want to bet, time boy? Do you suffer for this? Part time, Lord. Part human? Oh, yeah. Dr. Donna. Just like you'd said. So there's three of you. Three doctors. I can't tell you what I'm thinking right now. What have you done? Fulfilling the prophecy. All of you inside, run! I promise I can save you! Never forget, Doctor! You did this! I name you forever! You are the destroyer of the world! What about the Earth? It's stuck in the wrong part of space! I'm on it! Torchwood Hub, this is the Doctor! Are you receiving me? Loud and clear! Calling Luke and Mr. Smith, this is the Doctor! I regret I will need remote access to TARDIS base code numerals. K9! Out you come! Affirmative, Mistress! Wow, there's an awful lot in that episode. I mean, Indeed. pick the bones out of that, Darth. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just full of. I mean, it was the kitchen sink, but it really was uh, a big crescendo of an episode. I mean, I, I actually thought Martha did quite well in that. I mean, she yeah. delivers her best line ever to my mind. 
oh my god he found you i mean she really uh, and of course there's all the other marvelous little clips that hopefully i got in there and as i said it was a very spoilerish clip yeah yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard not to spoil something if you're going to take any clip out of that because, as you say, it's just jam-packed full of stuff. Um, but I mean, I, it's just so clever writing. Again, it, Russell D. Davies does have a knack for um, including lots of people in his script and giving them all something of interest to do. It's it's remarkable, really. Um, but, you know, moving on from there... Um, I guess at number six, I've got Empty Child and Girl in the Fireplace, which we've already talked about. Um, and then at number four, I've got something I still find kind of amazing is not higher on the list, and that's The Christmas Invasion. Uh, I, this is just a wonderful episode, and I defy you to put it on for somebody who's never seen Doctor Who before. And for that person not to be interested in Doctor Who after it. It's so well-structured, and the Doctor gets just this amazing build-up. So that by the time that he arrives, you absolutely need him. You absolutely want him, and he just looks like the most glorious character ever invented. And I, I've used this episode time and again to introduce people to Doctor Who, and every single time it's totally worked to get somebody interested in the show. So I, I think it should be much higher on the list than what Doctor Who Magazine had put it at. Um, and then number three, I've got Midnight. Number two, Blink. And my favorite overall, I know is going to be controversial, but my favorite one is Tooth and Claw. And that's because, to me, it fundamentally distills everything about the series in one brilliant, tight little episode. Um, for me, Doctor Who has always been about some kind of time travel, and it's about finding a rational explanation for um, things that appear to be mystical, things that appear to be supernatural. And this episode has that in spades. It has, I think, the best depiction of the Dr. Rose, the 10th Dr. Rose relationship. Whether you like that relationship or not, I think it's depicted the best in this episode. Um, Did that running joke not get on your wick a bit though no but that's yeah. perfect no I mean that's <clears throat> a, that's absolutely characteristic of what the 10th Dr. Rose relationship was like I think they were always right. trying to find some little fun some little niggle something um, to needle each other about during an episode and, and I think this is you know the perfect <laughs> expression of that um, and it, beyond that Eris Lynn the best director of modern Doctor Who just a fabulous job of direction, um, giving the Doctor qualities um, that he didn't necessarily have on paper. Um, the whole thing about licking things to determine what their contents are. You know, this is something that is made explicit in just about every Iris Lynn directed episode of the Tenth Doctor's Reign. And it's just glorious to see that here. The CGI, unbelievable CGI for that uh, werewolf. I just think if you were going to fairly show somebody an episode of New Doctor Who or Doctor Who period to anyone and say, this is what the show really is like, this is the one that you show them. Blink is great, but it's not representative of what Doctor Who is normally like. Midnight is great, but it's not representative of what Doctor Who is like. Girl in the Fireplace, also not representative of what Doctor Who is normally like. If you're looking for a normal episode that encapsulates everything about Doctor Who, it really is Tooth and Claw. 
So that's my list, Dave. What's yours? Well, certainly, I, I mean, I go. I like Tooth and Claw. Um, it, there were things. <coughs> excuse me. Two things that put me off me. I didn't really like the sort of the monks right at the beginning doing their spectacular kung fu. It, but I realised that would really the kids would really love that. Uh, I thought the actual realisation of the wolf, uh, the, um, the the way that they intertwined the history in the beginning of Torchwood. Uh, I thought that was excellent. Uh, it was just round me slightly about that little jokey bit. Although I did like the fact that he took um, the name of is it Jamie McCrimmon? Uh, uh, yeah. in Scotland. That Dr. was James that was McCrimmon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think um, one or two of the others. I'm a little bit. Let me see. Um, well, uh, I, I didn't mention uh, Girl in the Fireplace, and I should have mentioned that one because I've already mentioned um, Utopia Midnight Turn Left. So um, if I stick uh, Girl in the Fireplace, uh, Blink was already in the list, so I can't really add that. And then, as I say, with the the older ones, with things like Carnival of Monsters, but uh, I did like Inferno because of the. I mean, it was quite a science fictional theme, and I do like the ones where um, they uh, they travel through time. I like the one with um, actually the one with the Mona Lisa's in. Uh, what's that one? Uh, City, of it, City, City of Death. City of Death. The Jaggeroth one. But I think that was already in the list again. So um, probably in the bottom ten and the top ten, I I, I'm, I disagree and agree with half of each. But um, let me think. Um, let me just add. No. Um, oh yes, there was another one. I've only got a very small, short clip for it. I like 42, and it came out just about the time that the Sunshine uh, film had come out, which I thought was a load of rubbish. And 42, I thought was excellent. Um, so um, I know. I love 42, too, but yet a lot of people really don't. I remember doing the, the Podshock Live one of that, and people didn't like it because it you know, has some problematic science in it or whatever, but it is actually entirely gripping. Yeah. And, and the whole point is the, the containment, the time, the 42 refers to the 42 minutes they have before they go into the sun. And again, without being spoilerish or anything, um, there is... Um, uh, no, I can't say it without being spoilish, but it's to do with Stargate Universe. So I'll, I'll just say the name of the series. So, um, yeah, that, I think that's about it. Uh, now, we, we had... Uh, let's see, we've heard from Tim, Darth, Tiggs, Romana, Charlie. Um, Howley has had to drop out, unfortunately. Uh, have I missed anybody with who've actually got audio? Because um, if not, I think we might, unless anybody's got something that's just come into their head that they missed out, mention this um, last section of the poll um, that both he and, uh, both uh, Darth and myself have in front of us. It's not on that list. So anybody wants to just uh, give a shout out for something that's been clicked in their mind? About the bottom ten. Yeah, possibly about the bottom ten. Mm. I wouldn't put this there. You'd have put... Sorry, Romani, you would have put... I wouldn't have put her in the bottom ten. Fear her. Oh, yeah, neither would I. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I wouldn't put the time flight in the bottom ten. Um, I would put the time flight down there. Uh, but that's about the only one I feel as though I could um, struggle. And um, that was quite a good little clip when when you had the um, you know the journey's end and you had uh, uh, nobody can stop me now from Davros. And of course, in the underwater menace, which is at the bottom, uh, that's exactly what the scientist says in underwater menace, isn't it? Nothing in Nobody. the world can stop yes. me now. Yeah. <laughs> so it just shows, it's one of those phrases that, if not handled right, can sound really hammy. But um, when uh, when Davros lets off about it, um, and of course, uh, just jumping back to that, uh, his whole thing, and I think somebody referred to it in the text, the fact that the doctor gets these people to do his dirty work for him, which of course why uh, I think Donna mentions in... Uh, the uh, the Santaran strategy or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you know the doctor's dangerous to be around. Yeah. You know, Dave. I think for me, you know, the bottom ten. Again, I have a radically different impression, really. Um, in that, for me, the bottom ten is almost exclusively Sylvester McCoy. I mean, really, I'm tempted to just say, okay, pick n- any nine Sylvester McCoys and put them in there, and then make Trial of a Time Lord be the worst. Um, but there are a few McCoys that maybe I wouldn't quite put in the bottom ten. I mean, I, I've randomly sort of put down Survival, Ghost Lights, Silver Nemesis, Greatest Show in the Galaxy, Paradise Towers, Dragonfire, Happiness Patrol, Time and the Ronnie, and then in my last two, I put Remembrance of the Daleks, which I absolutely abhor, and Trial of a Time Lord. Trial of a Time Lord is just the worst Doctor Who story ever made because it at the end of the day you don't know what happened or what didn't happen so therefore none of it matters one damn bit well at least survival doesn't it not no. <laughs> of the seven doctor stories not leaving many certainly not yeah it's one of okay. the few sylvester mccoy stories i like survival that's what i meant Although it doesn't yeah, hold I mean. up as well now we've had the Russell T. Davis era and the whole Urban Who thing been done so much better. Right. No, but it, but I think without stories like Survival, I don't, you know, I don't think like the way they've done current Who would have come across because it, I think it was the first one to really take it that way, and I think it it worked really well. It's just obviously now they can do the same thing better. Mm. Uh, that's the party line from Andrew Cartmel, who, of course, wants to take credit for introducing the urban thing. But I really don't think that it had that much influence. Um, I, I, I think it's entirely possible that Russell T. Davies would have come up with that scenario, even if survival had never come across. And of course, we're, here we're talking about the, the sort of... Uh, um, we did have over 10 years' worth of New Adventures books, of course. Yeah, you know, okay. who, who knows what effect they had or whatever. But, I mean, I think it's entirely likely that Russell T. Davis would have come up with something, a more popular image uh, for the Doctor. And that, that means, you know, a sort of more lowbrow, humble um, origin for the companion without the influence of survival. So I think, you know, you hear this on the survival DVD that there is this great connection between that last story and, you know, Rose. But I don't know if that's entirely true myself. Then again, I I'd always thought that before I'd even seen the survival DVD because you know through you mm. know once I saw Rose I immediately thought you know this is 
the direction that I remember it starting to take with Ace. And like I said, I think they did it better with Rose, but certainly in my mind, Ace was where they tried it first. I mean, yeah, maybe Russell T. Davies probably would have done it anyway, because I remember some of his other earlier, you know, non-Doctor Who stuff. But um, even if she wasn't necessarily the pattern for it, Ace was certainly like the forerunner for characters like Rose. Mm. Again, you know, this is an episode... This is the only episode in which you get a glimpse of that life um, with Ace. I mean, most of the time, it's very confusing, actually. For, the, for the season 25, it's entirely mysterious where Ace comes from. Um, yes, you might have this line in Dragonfire that she comes from Perryville. If you're not really from the UK, I don't know that that means anything to you. It didn't mean <laughs> much to some of us in the UK. No, I have to, right. I had absolutely. No, in fact, I I never even realised it was actually a real place until the past four years, where I've been regularly going into London and seen it on the tube maps. I just thought it was right. some fictional suburb of somewhere in the UK. We keep meaning right. to do a Doctor pub crawl on it. I think it may get done next year. <laughs> right. Um, well, before we go to the next section, I'll just play mm. one other clip. And this is... Uh, I might put it off short because it's quite long. And uh, like you said about Tooth and Claw and where Ramana mentioned, I think, fear here, there's uh, quite a few stories that polarise people's opinion on to whether mm. it should be at the top or the bottom. And one of the ones I thought like that is the the next doctor because some people seem to praise it quite highly and I have mm. my doubts about it so let me play a little clip yeah. what year? year of our lord 1851 sir right first year bit dull I'm the doctor simply the doctor the one the only and the best Rosita give me the sonic screwdriver this investigation Jules what's it all about? It started with a murder. You're the parrot. Is it too exciting? You're disgracing the ceremony. It's Miss Hartigan, isn't it? Nicole, Mr. Schoons, Mr. Fetch, Mr. Milligan. Stay where you are, you're needed. What manner of men are they? Cybermen. Monstrous footage. Merry Christmas to you, too. But why are we spared? What do you need us for? Your children. My function is to serve the Cyber King, not to become the Cyber King. Then who sits there? All hail the Cyber King. But you promised me you said I would never be converted. That was designated a lie. But I would have served you anyway! Your mind is riven with anger and abuse and revenge. These are no place in a cyber mind. Activate. I can see the stars. The world beyond. The vortex of time itself and the whole of infinity. Alert, you are operating beyond the standard parameters. I am new. The might of your technology combined with my own imagination. Yes! There will be a new race of Cybermen, my Cybermen. Diagnosis system failure. You will be removed from the processor.
I am Cyber King. My mind incites Cybermen. And you will obey me. Now at 100%, delete the workforce. There's a hot pie for everyone if you leg it! Go! We need to get another suitcase. Watch your arms, keep running, far as you can! They took my son. Cyber King, rising! himself against me in the night. But look at what you've become. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Now you're ready. The feast awaits. Come with me. Walk this way. I certainly will. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Jackson. Merry Christmas indeed, Doctor. <laughs> uh, I wanted to play that, uh, and it came 107, because uh, it put me right off my stride. I didn't like the Cyberkins. Uh, I mean, I thought uh, the next Doctor was superbly well acted, and I'm sure Romana's going to jump in here and defend... Um, the actor who played the next Doctor, but um, I didn't like the very clean Dickensian type of scene. It looked to me as though it was going to be some sort of, um, you know, fake uh, old age, uh, but it wasn't because I know the BBC can do better than that. Um, but And I also liked the, 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 the evil lady. I thought she was excellently played. She's in the, she's the one from Goodnight, Sweetheart. So it's one of those ones where there were some really, really great things in it, and others that were making me cringe. So, um, Romani, you want to defend him, don't you? The, uh, the actor. Oh, I also want to defend him in my seat. Um, me, it makes it to, on my friend's top ten list, um, not ten, on my friend's, my co-host's um, top ten list. But yeah, you no, know, I mean, I think so highly. But I think probably I enjoy it more. We enjoy the characters. And the yeah, we're only getting half of this, I'm afraid, Romana. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh, I. Sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Okay, well, I mean, if you put it in the chat, I'm sorry, we, we did only get about half of that. But, uh, I mean, the reason why I picked it, as I say, this is one of these stories that seems to divide. I mean, Darth, where do you fall on this one? Oh, I'm very much in your camp. Um, that's not to say, I still think it's better, again, than any classic episode of Doctor Who. But that's not, it's, it's pretty much at the bottom of my... Um, uh, so slap bang list, in the middle of hundreds. It's not, it's not where you'd put it. No, but I probably put it at like you know four. I forget how many. Would we have fifty episodes of the new Doctor Who or something around there? So yeah. let's say that, that let's say that there are fifty. It's probably at like forty eight <laughs> or forty nine. I mean, it's probably forty nine. No, no, mm, yeah, forty nine. We'll call it forty nine. Just above the it, No, no, just above Voyages of the Damned. 
All Fear right, Hearst, Hearst kind of in the middle for me, maybe. Yeah, um, well, I don't like Voyage of the Damned either. So. Oh, my God. Voyage of the Damned is just its horrible. It's really bad. But it's only, but, but again, it's kind of a great... dividing one, isn't it? Some people love the spectacle of it. And I'm just yeah. thinking, he's trying to make us swallow a banana here. I mean, it's just... Uh, it's just it's just that it's got great set pieces, but no overall great narrative. And the, and the other thing is, I think it's a cheat that it's not actually the Titanic. I yeah. mean, that would have been much more interesting if it was the real Titanic. And with but, the Queen waving on the set, bye bye. But I mean, there are great lines in it. There are great scenes in it. There's there's great scenes in every episode of Doctor Who, really. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, just Voids of the End left me entirely cold. Right, let's but, but go to the people. Ton, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go on to other people. I was just saying, let's go back to Tim Darth and uh, Tim Tiggs and, and Charlie. So, Tim, first. Uh, I mean, um, are, there, are there stories like this that you, you know, you, you don't know whether to put it, rate it high or low because there are bits you loved and bits you didn't? Or did you just love the sec- uh, the next Doctor and Voyage of the Damned? I, I quite like the next Doctor. I think it, it it's... Apart from the Cyber King at the end, it's it's mostly a character-based story, which makes it a, a welcome change for a Christmas special. There's mm-hmm. a bit of meat to get your brain into, rather than it all being flash stuff. And um, I actually like the Cyber King. <laughs> Somebody has to, I guess. No, I mean, I like the design of it. I like even the, the concept of it makes sense to me. Um, but, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it, it is a story that is, even as admitted by the producers, it's a story that is of two parts. And once it hits that 30 minute mark, it changes tone entirely and becomes kind of like a revisitation of, oh, I don't know. Um, oh, what's the second Indiana Jones movie? Um, Temple of Doom. And suddenly, suddenly you're you know among all these kids who are being used as slaves to create this thing, and that part of it is a little bit um, fanciful for me. But yeah, the first half is amazing. Yeah, mm. I suppose I don't like cyberpunk or whatever it is that the Sixth Doctor calls it. Uh, sorry, the Tin Dog calls it. Steampunk. Steampunk. That's it. Thanks, mm. Tim. It's, um, it's the only episode as well that. I actually know someone that's in it. Oh. Because they do that bit at the beginning where they scan round the market square and there's a little uh, choir singing. Well, the guy in that choir is a young actor in Wales called John Hutch, who's in Second Life as John Hutch Thor. Right. Well, I like little points like that. I mean, it's like uh, from Voyage of the Dam, the fact that Murray Gold was on the stage singing. I think it's a nice little well, thing that sounds like... Well, all right, playing then. But, you know, uh, and of course, uh, Wilf, we thought we were only getting a little cameo from him. And um, look what's become of it from that. So let me go to um, Tiggs then, and then we'll get Charlie back on. Tiggs, um, are there, the, the couple we mentioned are stories like that where you, you just can't decide whether they're rubbish or they've got fantastic concepts and things in? Um. I've got to admit, I like. I always like the Christmas specials. Um, you know, it, even if they're not the best Doctor Who going, I, I suppose because in my case, they actually give me. Yeah, you know, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Christmas. Um, it, 
I tend to get very, very low around Christmas time. But the Doctor Who Christmas specials in the evening on Christmas Day, they just put a blooming great smile on my face every single time. And to me, anything that can pick me out of the winter blues on Christmas Day is absolutely fantastic. Especially this last year, because I had the flu. Um, but that's by the by. I actually did really enjoy it. Um, but oddly, it was um, it sticks in my mind most... Um, Apart from the flashbacks of the other Doctors, which I thought was really, really nice, in the the, um, the Doctor Who Confidential indirectly um, managed to actually answer a little question that a friend of mine had had, because I'd recorded it on the PBR, and I'd actually recorded the version with the Envision BSL signer, at which point, finally, we were able to find out what BSL, British Sign Language, for TARDIS was. Because um, I've got a friend who's hearing impaired, and she knows a lot of BSL, and she never knew what it was until I showed her that clip. So, <laughs> again, I can't help but like the episode, because it answered that question. And Voyage of the Damned, I don't know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Because it was it was a fun romp. I think maybe at Christmas that's all I want out of something. Because you know it beats the Coronation Street Christmas Day episode, if nothing else. Uh, I always put you down as a, a you know two Ronnies man. <laughs> oh, two two Ronnies were definitely good. But um, I suppose I suppose I suppose the thing Morgan is, and wise. they're enjoyable, but they're not new. <laughs> okay, granted, there are some that I've not seen because, you know, a lot of it was before my time. But I suppose the, the, thi- the, the thing about a Doctor Who special is, you know, kind of, um, okay, um, homages to stuff like the Poseidon Adventure notwithstanding, they're always something new. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to go to Charlie because he's been quiet for a while. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, and and it, the ones we've just mentioned are others where you split down the middle as to whether you like or don't. Yeah, well, with the next Doctor, there, there are bits that I like and bits that I don't. Um, you know, it's separating the two stories, one being with uh, the David Morrissey story and the other being the Miss Hargan Cyber King story, and I like the uh, David Morrissey story much better. You know, I like the whole idea that, that, that the Doctor meets this guy, claims to be the Doctor, and his first instinct is to say, oh, you know, you're, you know, you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, the eleventh Doctor, and I, how am I going to regenerate? And you know, what's going to happen to me that I turn into you? And he, does, he, does, he doesn't shake off. He doesn't say, "Oh no, 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 no! You're not the next Doctor. You can't be that. No, you can't be the Doctor. I'm the Doctor." He doesn't do that. Um, and the whole, you know, like, you know, the Miss Hargan Cyber King stuff is interesting. The whole idea that you know we have this uh, woman who uh, uh, you know feels oppressed and in this you know male-dominated uh, society, so she wants to get Back, you know, get revenge and on the men, and we have, the, and then uh, she assumes the Cyber King is going to be, could be uh, male. Then, she, then she finds out she's the Cyber King. So I like that kind of bit, but it, you know, it was kind of underused. The whole, uh, you know, kids being used as slave labor. That whole, I, I was expecting to hear music from Oliver. I was expecting to hear Who Glorious Food when the kids start working in the, in the, uh, in, in the I remember the, the mine or whatever that it is, you know. Um, yeah. And I think it was the first Christmas invasion. Sorry, the Christmas special which we had real snow in, wasn't it? Because it's usually yeah, um, that's nice. <laughs> it's something else. The snow usually, like from Voyage of the Dam. 
Well, in the runaway bride, it was all it was sunlight. It was sunny outside. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> this is well, you know, the I, Christmas I, invasion. Of course, it was the uh, the ship breaking up, wasn't it? Right. Oh yeah, that's I like that. Yeah, well, yeah. And then the, yeah, the voyage of them. It's it's the ballast from the Titanic that caused it. Yeah. And as for uh, Voyage of the Dan, it's probably my least favorite Christmas special. Um, it was too long. You know, there was there was bits like that, that where the doctor walks to the, towards the camera in slow mo. I thought well, that that's too kind of self indulgent. This is too, uh, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, too much. I don't know what it is. Too much kick, uh, cook in the kitchen or something like that. Um. You know, I, I thought Kylie was okay. Um, too many. It seems like every, all, everybody who uh, bites the dust in this episode, they fall slow mo into that uh, reactor course. You can see that shot over and over and over again. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's it. Okay. And I just want to mention we've got guest 14 in the room, but um, uh, we, we try not to allow chat for guests because every time we've uh, allowed that, um, we've ended up having um, rather silly things written across the uh, the pages. So thank you for listening. If you've got an actual talk show name, come in. We'll be going for a little bit longer. We usually go about two hours, and we're running at about 1.36 now. So I think um, what I'll do is um, mention the the thing that I talked about earlier, that um, in the... At the end of this Mighty 200 list in the DW Who magazine issue uh, 413, and the next issue has come out where they're talking about favourite companions and so on, and we might look at that down the road after we've had a break from Doctor Who. But um, it's quite interesting the way that um, the top 10 and bottom 10 vary depending on the age groups um, of those that voted. And... um, I'll try and not read everything out, but just for instance, um, the people that were under 18, uh, they voted um, not um, uh, the Caves of Androzani as number one, but uh, Stolen Earth Stroke Journey's End, and Utopia Sound of Drums, Last of the Time Lord, second, uh, three Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways, Genesis of the Daleks, um, but... um, down at the bottom, they got things like inside the spaceship, but otherwise, oh, and the savages. Otherwise, it was pretty much the same. Uh, Darth, when I finish, come in and see if I missed anything out. The well, um, I, if I, if I can, I'll interrupt right now, sort of. And just yeah, say, sure. the, in, the interesting thing about the under 18s is that um, in the top five are all of the Russell T Davies um, season finales. So it's very clear that for that age group, which is, after all, the target age group of Doctor Who, right. these season finales are working incredibly well. Absolutely fair point. Absolutely, yeah. Because, I mean, they, I mean, they, they, they know that the series uh, perhaps has a little, for them, a lull in the middle where they have, like, we would, we would say, oh, they've got Midnight, but they might think of that as a holding episode where the actual story arc for the series is not moving forward. It's sort of a, a one-off story. Um, and perhaps for them, or obviously the way they voted, they prefer, you know, you know the build-up to that big one, two, or three-part series climax so right yeah yeah. and and also not a single Stephen Moffat episode in their top 10 
Yeah. So that's that's interesting to me. Right. In the but they they are only fourteen percent of the total population that voted on this poll. Yeah. So um, sorry. Yeah. Next group. Yeah. Yeah, I've just said I have bought this magazine, so I'm not just reading them offline. Um, right. Because uh, I mean, it really is. Um, it's a magazine that I do buy from time to time, uh, and so I mean, we are promoting it in a way. The 18 to 35 mm. group um, have the Caves and Anzrazani, Anz uh, Blink, Talons of Wai-Chang, Genesis of the Daleks, Epstein, and 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 this is 37 percent of the voters. So that's pretty much the same as came out. And uh, I think the, the the bottom. I think basically the 18 to 35s dominated the the voting, and that's basically what we've been seeing on the list of 100. Can you well, see any actually, variance? Much? No, actually, they're the second largest group. It's the 36 right. and overs who, who are who represent actually almost 50 percent of the vote. Um, right. So they're at 37 percent. What's interesting here is that it's only the 18 to 35 group that gives that places caves of Anazani at the top of their particular list. But right. obviously obviously because Caves of Anazani is still getting fairly highly rated and appears on all four um age lists. Um that's why it gets in into the number one position, I suppose. Yeah, it does say in the facts and figures as well that uh, for those people who haven't got this uh, information, Blink actually received the most tens of any story. But taking right. into account the varying number of responses, Caves of Androzani, the Seeds of Doom, and the Evil of Daleks shared the highest percentage of top scores. So um, I suppose, like you say, often in a beauty contest, it's everybody's second choice that wins. Cause yeah. When you aggregate the scores, that's how it comes out. I think that's a very, very important point to make, especially for me because I don't like Caves of Anazani. So it's it's clear to me it is not everybody's first choice. It is very much everybody's second choice or third choice um, that's pushing Caves of Anazani into the top. Right. Uh, and the the bottom of that, for 18 to 35 group, is pretty much similar to what we have. Uh, but it is surprising. Mm -hmm. You would have thought it would be the 36 and overs that would have... Uh, uh, put the caves of Androzani higher because in actual the 36 and overs um, the caves of Androzani uh, comes fourth after right. Blink, Genesis of the Daleks Talons of Wai Chiang which I can understand that staying high um, mm. and then we come down with um, the new from the new series Human Nature Family of Blood being the highest of the new series other than Blink uh, so I, I, that I find interesting and um, what else? Um, at the bottom, Paradise they're, Towers there. They're, they're basically in line with what the 18 and 35s are saying, more or less. It, yeah. Except so, they're, they're, a little, they're a little more reluctant to put a Patrick Troughton story in the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So, so the main surprise there is that, that Blink comes top, Human Nature, Family of Blood comes sixth, and uh, oh, the girl in the fireplace makes it into the top ten for their right. list, um, which is good. And Paradise Towers makes it into the bottom five. And then they've got another list which was interesting. Um, just of fans that said 
they've only been watching Doctor Who since 2005. They may well have watched all the stories, but they became fans in 2005. And I'll read this list out fully because our listeners may be made up more of these sort of people. So their choice is, one, Stolen Earth, Journey's End. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, Utopia, Sound of Drums, Last of the Time Lords. Three, Genesis of the Daleks. Four, Army of Ghosts, Doomsday. Five, Bad Wolf, Parting of the Ways. Six, Turn Left. Seven, Blink. Eight, Power of the Daleks. Nine, City of Death. Ten, Caves of Androzani. And in the bottom five, the Dominators, the Gunfighters, the Savages, Underworld, and Twin Dilemma. So the newer fans have quite a different take on it. And uh, this girl in the fireplace, I didn't mention, that wasn't in me, was it? No. no? Anything no. that catches your eye on that list? Um, Just that, of course, you know, when you say a fan of 2005, that's not quite the same thing as saying an under 18 um, no. Because you you may well have been older when you first encountered Doctor Who, and I think it's interesting that in in this category, which is a mix of different ages, but all people who started watching Doctor Who at about the same time, um, that still you have this very prominent position for all four of the Russell T Davies finales, which among the eighteen thirty fives and thirty six and overs is not nearly so dominant. Um, I guess that's predictable, but on the other hand, the thing that's interesting about the, the, the fans since 2005 group is that they have a much wider range of doctors in their top ten and indeed in their bottom five than any other group. So it's not like these people who have started watching in 2005 um, are ignorant of past doctors in fact, if anything, it's almost like they're they're more picky. They're more choosy. Um, they right. have decided, independent of general fan wisdom, that these, you know, dominators. That's that's an obscure thing, and and yet to to positively identify that as something you don't like, gunfighters positively yeah, identify gunfight. it. You know, savages. That's that's kind of surprising to me. It, it, you know, because first of all, I love the savages, um, but. Nevertheless, to have picked it out as one of the worst, I mean, what's interesting, really interesting, is that in their bottom five, no fan who joined in 2005 picked a Sylvester McCoy story, which is uh, interesting and uh, fascinating to me. So it, it, it's, it's, really, it's really cool to see the stats broken down in this way. Um, and I guess we should point out, because we never have really said this in any of these five weeks we've been doing this, that the way these things are rated, by, like I guess you would have gotten a form and then been asked to choose a number between one and ten to describe the various um, serials. Um, so you, it's not just saying I, I like this or I don't like this or saying, you know, it, it's not just, you know, submitting top ten lists. It's actually going through every single episode and saying this is this story is on a scale of one to ten to me um so you know these fans since 2005 have made active choices about a wide range of um shows from all the doctor's eras and you see i think all the doctors are represented 
in the top ten or the bottom five, except for McCoy. Well, right. and M- McCann. And um, just under five percent, it says of the voters have been watching mm. Doctor Who since day one in 1963. And although I can't actually see it, I'm sure somewhere it references that the oldest person that voted was 71. So uh, that's good to hear. Yeah, for me anyway. <laughs> Indeed, for all of us. Well, I mean, um, one one of the things that it shows about you know Doctor Who in all of its incarnations. Um, pun not entirely intended, is that you know it really is a family show. You know it really does have you know interest across you know across all range across all ages. I mean even just look at you know us on here now. We're a fairly small group, but you know we've got a very very wide range of ages. But we all love the show, and that means that Doctor Who's got to be doing something right. Yeah, and not only that, but to generate the level of passion about what stories are good and what stories are bad proves that it's, it is a series that engenders a great deal of loyalty and a great deal of, well, respect from its fans. I mean, to take the time to do this for five weeks, that's kind of... Uh, uh, above and that, beyond. Uh, above and beyond. And, you know, you would never... I don't. I can't imagine doing this for just about any other series except for maybe Star Trek, maybe. But even that... Yeah. Not yeah. now, it's not, not secure days. to us, though, is it, Darth? No, it's not, and that's 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 a gorgeous thing about it. Yeah, mm. I mean, it should be said as well that um, there are some very fine lines dividing. I mean, between um, the uh, the smugglers at 159 and um, uh, the two doctors at 125, so you jump in that many places. There's only six percentage points difference. You know, so I mean, the the literally, uh, you you move in five or six or eight stories for every one percentage point of extra votes a story got, uh, especially in the middle body of it. So I mean, there's like uh, eight or ten stories all got seventy one percent of some, and of some fraction or some percentage, you know. So um, the, uh, you know, five more people voted in. And some stories could have jumped 20 places. Okay. Yeah. Um, any any other things? That, I mean, I realise that, um, that the rest of the people in the room, unless they've got their own copy of the magazine, uh, were, were reading from uh, page 42. <laughs> the answer is on page 42. Very appropriate. <laughs> so... Um, I'm beginning to think we're probably in a position to wrap up because I've got a feeling uh, Romana wants us to end the recording so it will be logged up on the site so she can listen back to her conversation. She can have uh, a squee moment all over again. Already, with a, with a chap called Gareth. I already shared it with me on live chat. I told them to listen. Here might have a squee. tweeting something as ordinary as that. Hey, it's, it's going to do wonders for this week's download statistics. Okay. Oh, yes, we can say um, with I, special guest Gareth David Lloyd. I said on the Portrait Live Journal Committee, um, link to the um, Okay. Okay, well, I think uh, unless Darcy feels that we could go in another particular direction on this, I, I'm ready to. Uh, go around and wrap. I don't know if we've missed anybody else 
in text, we certainly have gone through the people who've got mics. How are you feeling? Mm. Are you any uh, any area? That... I'm just looking through the text real quickly. I don't. No, nope. oh. I think we've covered every. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Now, there's one thing that we didn't mention. I mean, they ought to get a little shout, shouldn't they? A little chant out. Sonka! 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 Well, can't you, forget them, can we? No comment. That was my least favourite part of the Sonsarans coming back. Exactly. Why did they have to have their own football chant? <laughs> no. You just did that to sort of tease me, didn't you, Dave? Um, <laughs> we have actually missed out somebody, and I'm I'm very sorry to have done so. Uh, looks like Randall Thor has posted his top ten, so we'll just read this really quickly. Oh, great. Uh, he's got at ten is Tomb of the Cybermen, nine is Dalek Invasion of Earth, seven is City of Death, six is Horror Fang Rock, five is Tenth Planet, four is The Mind Robber, three wow, is Ghost Light, uh, two is Midnight, and number one is Genesis of the Daleks. Wow, so in his list, am I reading that right? There's not a single new series episode in his entire list? Interesting. Right, and I should perhaps just mention Jokerfile, Graham. Uh, he mentioned his list. He decided to do it in a different way. He decided to pick one story from each Doctor uh, for his top ten, so basically he made sure each Doctor was represented. Uh, the only one being the Hobson's choice of uh, the uh, the TV movie for the eighth Doctor. But for all the others, he picked uh, a story. So if you go and find his B-Movie Invasion podcast, uh, you'll find um, he, he mentions it. And I think he mentioned it on one of our earlier shows. So, uh, Well, with that, uh, first of all, thanks, uh, Dar, for uh, co-hosting with me. Absolutely a big, big thank you for Ian for getting online, for doing the uh, the gentlemanly thing, passing his phone over to a, a, a personality and giving Samantha a real thrill, I hope, and everybody else in the room. So let's give everybody a chance to say their last thoughts. And Romana, I'll start with you. Well, I do uh, uh, Goodbye, boys. Yeah, and and just to give you confirmation, by the way, your your voice was coming through fine when you were talking to him. So that Thank should goodness. be absolutely a great recording, that section. Thank goodness for that. Okay, Tim, any last thoughts? Uh, we've got this far without mentioning Deadly Assassins, so I put higher than it is. Ah. I didn't get all that, actually, because your, your voice suddenly went twangy for a minute. Oh, the deadly assassin. Yeah, I heard that, but didn't hear what you said about I, it. I, I said it should be higher than it is. So oh, looking right. at the list, and it's down at about twenty or something. Right. Right. Okay. Um. Right. Ticks them. Um. I think again, I think the highlight of this episode has to have been when Ian managed to get Gareth David Lloyd on. And one thing I will say is, good play to Gareth David Lloyd to. You know, I bet he's really busy at stuff like this, and he sounds like the kind of guy who makes time to talk to the fans. And, you know, I like the fact that kind of, um, you know, sci-fi in specific, but TV in general has people like that who do genuinely make time for their fans. I just think that's cool. 
Right, and I'm trying to look back on the recording to find where in the timeline that actually happened on our show, but um, perhaps somebody can do that while I go to uh, Charlie. Any uh, thoughts? Yeah. Any... Uh, um, just, you know, uh, I mean, when you get lists like this, you know, there's bound to be have uh, cans of worms being opened because, you know, every nobody's going to agree... On this, on, a top, on this top 10. So when I heard there was going to be this, you know, mighty 200, I thought to myself, yeah, you know, prepare to be disappointed that none of your favorite stories are going to be in the top 10. And I was just happy that, my, you know, my favorite story was in the top 10. So, you know, count my blessings. Um, and the other thing I want to say is, um, yeah. you know, the whole, the whole idea of Dr. Guru in general is that one person might like one thing, and um, another person might not like another thing. It's the whole one man's trash is one's treasure. So you know that's how that's how uh, you say how wonderful Doctor Who is. One person might like one thing, and one person not like another thing. You know, there's something for everybody in uh, Doctor Who. Right. Okay. And um, Darth, do uh, we got anybody else with audio? Yeah, uh, you know, I suppose I have to do a couple of things here. First of all, a little apology to Randall Thor. I didn't quite get what he had said right about his top ten, so I'll correct that now. Um, in fact, his top ten was not in a particular order, um, and it did include Empty Child and Midnight. Which I think I saw Midnight on there and just forgot that I had said it, but I didn't actually see Empty Child in the list because of the way that it's organized on my screen. Um, and he says he'd also put Dalek Master Plan higher on the list, regardless of the missing episodes. Um, hmm. I think that's all he said. So just to get that record straight. And um, I'd also bid farewell, saying um, it is just to maybe correct an image that's gone out here. It is not at all that I hate classic episodes of Doctor Who. Um I just think that it, it's a fundamentally different show that satisfies me more now than it did for all those years when I was growing up um, attached to the more episodic format of the previous uh, 63 incarnation. And I would say that the one story that has gotten absolutely robbed by all these lists is The Mask of Mandragora, which for my money is the best classic episode of Doctor Who and I've actually made a pilgrimage to Port Marion just because I wanted to see where it was filmed because I love it that much. Well, excellent. Great. Well, uh, that's about it then. We have reached the conclusion of our DW magazine, Mighty 200, Top, Bottom, Middle, Sideways, and Backwards. (laughs) (laughs) And with that... um, just let me recap uh, what's happening in the next uh, few weeks. Um, next week, episode 15, or oh, actually before next week's episode, hopefully Ian will be in the studio and uh, giving um, a, a little show on uh, his um, uh, experiences of uh, Who, uh, Hurricane Who, which is will be just wrapping up about now. Uh, thank you for his uh, uh, off the... Uh, Calling live from the show with Gareth Lloyd Davis, uh, Lloyd Gareth, Gareth David Lloyd. Lloyd. Get it right, <laughs> right. Um, so that will probably be our studio show. Uh, 
Episode 15 next week will be The Devil's Greatest Hits, where we're talking about films where, like The Wicker Man and the, so on, where the devil has played an important section, The mm. Devil's Advocate, and... Uh, I, I still have to find my DVD of The Exorcist. Yeah, I still haven't remembered The Arnold Swart. Oh, End of Days. End of it. Days. Well done, it's come to me at the end. And um, the timing of that one... Um, will be okay because that will be the uh, 8th of November. The following week, the Sci-Fi Sermons, which is uh, about uh, religious iconography in science fiction and so on, um, will be on the uh, 15th, and that may be coming out a little bit later because that's when the Waters of Mars will be airing here in the UK. um, And uh, people, as uh, Tim pointed out, there will be a... um, a special or a documentary after it so we may start the show a little bit later for that and then the week after that the 22nd of November um, we will follow whenever Doctor Who Podshot Live finishes so we will be um, uh, taking the, the sort of sister show aspect there and uh, hopefully people who haven't taught themselves to death about Waters of the Mars will be able to join us for that so we're, we're leaving that one definitely open so with that, and as we hit the two-hour mark, I'm just going to play us out uh, with some uh, Doctor Who Big Finish music, just so to remind us, as well as the 200 adventures, uh, there are a wealth of other Doctor Who things, the books, the um, the audio plays, and of course, Big Finish, who we will be hopefully seeing a little bit of at Who at the Fab Cafe next uh, Sunday uh, sorry, next Saturday on the 7th of November. That's in Manchester, the UK. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Darth, for uh, helping me through that uh, sterling job, as always. And here we go. We're going out. end the recording and not terminate the room. Bye all. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.